Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, and Lee. We're back after a slightly unexpected week off. Sorry for no show last week. Um, my fault. I got ill. Happens. Well, by all accounts, it happens when you go to a certain curry house because Lee, you had the same problem. I did. I had exactly the same problem, and it was very, very little fun. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that for most of my last week. Talking of very little fun, we had the Russian Grand Prix this week, which is always a symbol of laughs. It it wasn't as terrible as it has been, was it? Let's be honest. It wasn't like real massive snooze fest. It wasn't also uh, you know exciting. I think. All right, and say we've had one exciting Russian Grand Prix the whole time that they've been going there for like was that six years now? If we have, I can't remember it. I would have, I would have said that was probably the most entertaining Russian Grand Prix, but still by sort of overall Grand Prix standards, not great. Solid sort of five, six out of ten. Mm. I, don't know I was that. thoroughly bored, like most of the way through that race. I couldn't. I think I zoned out for the entirety of laps beginning with thirty. And then came back in for a bit towards the end. When you're writing the review, that's kind of tricky. Nothing happened in laps beginning with three. Trust oh, me, nothing. Fair, nothing happened in that neck of the woods. Fair enough. No, it wasn't. I mean, once the once the initial shenanigans had gone, and of course we get another first lap safety car because Russia. And yeah, um, what was that? It was Charles Leclerc turning Lance Stroll around, and also um, Carlos Sainz deciding the wall is the fastest way back to the circuit. If it was Grosjean, he'd have blamed Ericsson for that. Sure, Ericsson would probably got blamed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Carlos, he did uh, he did say straight away, didn't he? I'm so sorry. I'm such an idiot. Mm. Um, knew that he'd made a mistake, and that and, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of lot of complaints over that uh, turn two re-entry lane. Just the angle that it was at, and there was no way you could do it if there was cars behind you because you'd end up getting getting rear-ended. And yeah, it, yeah. It was just, um, it's not a great de- great designed circuit. I know it's a street circuit, and I know they've got to fit it all between the buildings, but Tilka still did. Did it. they not design the they streets did. with an F one circuit in mind, though? Was that not part of the whole plan? Yeah, and it was <laughs> the whole thing was just bad. I mean, uh, the, it was the the twenty fourteen uh, was it tw- sorry twenty twelve was it Winter Olympics? No, it would have been twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen was it? Sorry, Winter Olympics. That's when they held the first race, wasn't it? In Sochi as well. Was it the following year? I think it may have been a year later. Was it? Yeah, I want to say twenty fifteen was the first one. Even still, it's been fairly. Uh, there's been nothing to really report from, has there? The Russian Grand Prix, other than, other than, Putin the first time they ran it, which mm-hmm. was weird. Yeah, he just turned up every given opportunity, <laughs> and I mean, uh, it, it, it is the home of um, the Putin parade because it yeah. was him that insisted that the national anthem would be held at the front. Everybody must attend. Yeah. So, because the Formula One uh, Formula One national anthems being played with all the drivers at the front is because of Vladimir Putin. Mm. Um, it was 2014, the first one. Good luck, fair play. So then they turned that around quick. <clears throat> yeah, it's yep. just I don't know. Sochi is just 
It's not great. It's you know, it's party time has kind of been and gone, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's had its time in the limelight. We held the Winter Olympics. It was six years ago now, guys. What else have you got going on? All the buildings are still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I think the big, the big it, it was nice to see people at a race. That was the only the only plus for it for me. That's which, true. Yeah. Which is unusual for Russia because you don't normally see fans. Because they normally make a point yeah, of not they showing were, them. They were noticeable, weren't they, in their presence because we haven't... Yes, there were fans at Magello, but, I mean, it was social social distance. Mm. There was only, like, 2,000 people there. But there were there was genuinely quite a few thousand people watching the race in Sochi. Mm-hmm. I believe Turkish Grand Prix is selling tickets as well. They are, as is Eiffel Grand Prix. And Portugal. And Portugal, that's very true. Portugal going for about 45,000, they reckon. Mm. Okay. Which is a, a, good, a good crowd. For a small circuit as well, because mm. Portimao is not, not a very large circuit, is it? No. So 45,000 is going to be, even though it's nowhere near the capacity of like somewhere like Silverstone or Spa, it's going to be quite, quite a packed atmosphere if they get that, that many people in. Yeah, I don't know what their distribution is in terms of how much of it is grandstand and how much of it is sort of hill. Um, I see, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know whether it's all seated or whether it's just finds itself a bit of space on some grass yeah yeah i mean it's it's looking up for the for the remaining races of the of the season isn't it we're already over halfway through that's 10 down mm-hmm. is it eight to 10 down eight to go eight or right. seven i think seven. seven i think, I think it's seven. Yeah, 17 races and down seven to go oh it doesn't seem like 10 minutes since it started they, they've cracked on with it Oh, they, have, yeah, yeah. they they certainly have. Weekends off have been few and far between, but we've got a little, little <laughs> bit of normality now because, I mean, this is another show where we're only doing a review and not a preview. Well, I'm looking forward to next week's preview as well of the German, uh, well, the Eiffel Grand Prix, should we say, at the Nürburgring because uh, long-range weather forecast has got snow for the Eiffel Mountains for good early Lord. October. That sounds that's quite exciting. Not, I, not, that's not good. <laughs> it could be. It's either not good or hilarious. It could be very exciting. Could be wet weather tyres and only Alonso takes to the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, last time there was snow at an F1 session, we did get told that Mercedes were listening to, um, listening to our podcast. So, you know, it might happen again in a couple of weeks. That's true, actually. Yeah, that was the uh, that was Barcelona twenty eighteen. Yeah, the yes. yeah, the test the testing there just after we'd um, name dropped a visit to Mercedes and interviewed George Russell. Ah, there it is. <laughs> and had Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton and Toto Wolff on a podcast. Uh, thanks to the chaps at Paul. You can name them because I can't remember. Uh, UK Car Talk. Yes, that's the guys. Um. So yeah, um, of course that was the year you and Lee went to the Mercedes launch as well. So that was just before testing. Mm. Yes, that was a good year. It was. I can't believe it was two years ago. Fifty years ago, as it feels like. <laughs> it does feel. It does feel like a long time, doesn't it? When it was easy just to get on a plane and fly to the adjacent aisle and then return. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, for some reason the higher ups in the Isle of Man call England, Scotland and Wales the adjacent isle. 
which I hope for Ireland is also next to us. Which they don't appear to have an official name for apart from <laughs> Ireland. Exactly. But yes, for some, for some reason, and calling it the mainland over Def- here is not... Definite no-no. Lee, as token oh. Manxie, you look down on that one, don't you? I, I don't look down on anything. I, 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 words don't concern me. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a change. So, anyway, um, before we talk about the race, the, um, the big news to have uh, come out over the weekend is Chase Carey is, well, going to be... Pretty much the new Bernie, although not quite with the same job title, because Bernie... No, he's stepping up. Stepping up or stepping sideways or stepping. Bernie was Chairman Emeritus. <laughs> Until they got rid of him. Man, he was so far up his own ass yeah. that he couldn't... Anything he said didn't matter. That's yeah. basically what they gave him, wasn't it? Yeah. But Chase Carey is stepping up to be non-executive chairman. So effectively, the boss but doesn't do day-to-day shit. I think it basically uh, yeah. means he can still attend races and get the hospitality as and when that's back up and running, but he doesn't really have to do anything. That's usually what It's a transitional thing, isn't it, usually, mm. uh, a non-executive chairman, because uh, Stefano Domenicali will come in as the CEO of Formula One. And president. And, oh. And president, yeah. And just in case he's really shit, there's a non-executive chairman there just to sort of step back into the role within the first year if they need to. But I would be surprised. Guys, if, if Chase Carey, uh, you know, even stepped away from his uh, non-executive chairman role uh, after you know after one year, if he just stepped away from his role as non-executive, chairman. it'll be nice to have somebody in doing the job for Formula One that um, every year they do it might not be their last year of life. Do you know what I mean? There's a stability <laughs> there. I, I, yeah, I don't mean to be to be nasty to Chase Carey. He's, he's just not the youngest man in the world, is he? He's only 60-something, um, isn't he? Do you know what? I don't I think I said was there was later. a huge age difference between Domenicali and Chase Carey. I think Chase Carey's just grey, isn't he? Oh, is he? See, I, I thought Chase Carey was older. I thought he was in his late 60s, 70s. Chase He's, Carey uh, no, Chase is, is 66. Is he really? Yeah. My, my word. Time has not been kind. Um, <clears> Domen- Domenicali is 55. So, yeah, there's, there's a little mm. bit of a difference, but... Still younger than Bernie. Even yeah. Everyone's well, younger than Even Bernie. if you add their ages together, still younger than Bernie. And mm. <laughs> a square root of their ages. <laughs> <laughs> Did I read somewhere the other day that Bernie Eccleston's oldest daughter's in her 60s? That's Paul that wrote that. That sounds about right. Yeah, we did, yeah, we did this on... Did this on the podcast um, a few months ago. Um, his eldest daughter, which I think she's called Deborah, is 65. I did the joke That's about... Just um, she told all the told all the bingo mates that she'd just become a sister again. Yes, that's what I read. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Yeah, I can't can't remember who that was. Um, who I need to give credit to? I think it, it was somebody on Discord. I think it was uh, I think it was Zach. Yeah, Deborah is a grandmother. So Bernie has great grandchildren. He has. Well. Um, what's he got? Five, five grandchildren, and. Yeah, a great-grandchild. Chase Carey is Irish. Now, is he Irish-Irish or is he American-Irish? Irish. He was born 22nd of November 1953 in Ireland. Oh, wow. Just generic Ireland, not a specific bit of it. No, just Ireland, apparently. He does say he's an Irish-American executive. Well, there we go. That doesn't sound suspect. 
No, but I'll give him his due. He said, didn't he, when he took over as, um, you know, when Liberty did their Formula One takeover and it became Formula One group, that uh, he would not look at uh, any long-term appointments as had been in the, uh, in the sport before. Uh, it only takes a couple of years for you to make a decent impact and then you should really look to step aside and let somebody else come in and have the go. It's doing, he's doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. Was it three seasons now? So four seasons? Yeah. It was, it was, it was 20, tw- start of 2017 that he took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So f- this is his fourth season in formula one. And then the, he hands it over to Domenicali at the beginning of next year. Cause he's he w- doing exactly what he said he would do. Cause he was going to, he was going to go um, last year to give the new boss a year's run up to 2021. Then obviously that's been held back a year. That's been held back until 2022, and that means that Dominicali still gets that year in the run up to the big rule change. But I mean, I you know I think Liberty and Chase Carey have done a hell of a lot for F1 just over the last four years. The way the way that it's modernised, things like accepting the fact that digital media is out there, um, you know, lifting the ban on drivers doing social media posts from inside the circuit yeah yeah that's been that's been insane because uh especially with this newer generation of drivers you know lando norris george russell alex less so alex albon but you know everybody's posting on on social media from from the circuit um that was not allowed under Bernie's rule, if you remember. Lewis Hamilton got told off for Snapchatting on the podium. And even even the teams were very restricted, I think, weren't they, in what they can post. And now, you know, we've seen teams having a virtual game of, like, Connect 4 via Twitter during ring delays. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, it used to be, and this, this included the fans as well, that any footage that was taken inside the circuit uh, was property of Formula One. That may yeah. still be the case, but I think they're quite lax in enforcing it. I think it's only 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 in certain circumstances now. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, you you know, you weren't you weren't even allowed to go there and film you know film yourself in the grandstand, which I always thought was a ridiculous rule. Yeah. If you did it, it belonged to. It belonged to Bernie, basically. He owned, yeah. you know, he owned your footage, your phone, and possibly your soul. <laughs> ah. Yeah, that's yeah, that, almost that, definitely. That's how he nourishes himself: the souls of F one fans. Oh, certainly sucked the souls out of certain <laughs> things, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've seen that bit in the Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think um, you know. I think Chase Carey has done a has done a good job with. Um, I think so. Everything that's been brought in, be interesting to see how Dominicali fares. I mean, everyone's saying, "Oh God, it's another ex Ferrari that's up there." Because obviously, we've got Ross Braun, the Jean Todd. Although Todd is um, not standing for re-election as FIA president, in... because he is ancient, isn't he? Yeah. What is it, 2022 his term expires? Oh, could be. And that, like that. that was one of the conditions of Dominicali taking the job, apparently. This, this is according to Sky at the weekend. Oh, so do, is, this, is there a, a, a thing there? Do they not get on? Is this, is this well, what's implied? Everybody in motorsport seems to hate um, John Todd as FIA president, don't they? 
Well, not a liked man, but no, I mean, he's, he's um, not exactly covered himself in glory in his um, in his time, oh. has he? All we have to do oh. is say Thursday of Australian Grand Prix weekend. No, yeah, one, having... no one knows what the hell's going on, and the big boss is posting pictures of himself at an awards ceremony in Paris, complimenting the lovely dinner that he's just had. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Did he take over from Max Mosley? Yes. Mm-hmm. See, when when people look back on the days of Max Mosley with sort of rose tinted spectacles, Nobody you know looks... you're a bit of a prick. <laughs> Nobody looks back on the on the tenure of Max Mosley with rose tinted spectacles. Jean Todd was the compromise candidate. And... Yeah, he was brought into he brought into steady the boat if you remember because the FIA was in some real trouble. And oh yeah, so no, but now people had left. Now I think some of the stuff that Max Mosley said at the time, I think he's being vindicated on quite a lot of stuff, especially down to budget caps and things like that. These are the, lots of the stuff that um, Liberty are bringing in is stuff that Max Mosley was talking about in two thousand in sorry ninety seven when the Concord Agreement was up then. Yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing is, though, at the time it was, it, it was very much a close shot because Bernie was head of F1, Mosley was head of the FIA, and they were each other's deputies as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which always made for, you know, it, whatever, whatever, whatever they said was going to get agreed with, and nobody, nobody else had a choice. I don't Every- disagree with that, though. Because I, I think Formula One, one of the issues Formula One has now, even even given how good a job Liberty's done, and realistically, we won't know how good a job Liberty's done until until we get to twenty twenty two. Now, that's when we'll know if they've done a good job. But um, I do think Formula One has a issue with the inmates controlling the asylum. The problem is, though, now all the inmates have actually burst out, and they're now the former inmates are controlling the asylum. Yeah, the the I, I disagree with Bernie being Max Mosley's deputy and Max Mosley being Bernie's deputy. That was a bit weird because everybody cringed, if you remember, when a big decision was to be made and all of a sudden one of them wasn't well because it meant the power went instantly to the other person and the only person they had to consult was, oh, themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I agree with the way it's, it's structured now. Um, Domenic Harley being an ex-Ferrari man, if he had gone straight from Ferrari, I think the conspiracy theorist might have a point. But the fact that he went to Lamborghini, who, let's be honest, don't get on with Ferrari at all whatsoever, and um, decided the from well, he went to Audi and then Audi placed him in Lamborghini, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he had a stint at yeah. Porsche as well, I think, with Andreas Seidel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you know, so you've got. Uh, Domenicali may be ex-Ferrari, but I don't think he's looked upon by Ferrari as like, you know, they look at him, oh, Stefano Domenicali, do you remember those days? I think it's kind of like, well, he went to almost every other team that we dislike in motorsport outside of Formula One. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's not he's not buddy-buddy with Ferrari. Ross Braun, people seem to have forgotten that Ross Braun had this stint at Mercedes after his own team. <laughs> yeah, like oh, Ross Braun's ex Ferrari as well. It's like yes, but he was also he also had Braun GP and Mercedes. <laughs> was that yeah. he was the head? He was the head at Mercedes before Toto Wolf came in, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I think was he he was slightly unceremoniously ousted, was he not? Well, that's yeah, a, he was I, a little I remember, bit. I remember Moved him saying, I remember hmm. him saying something like that. They brought Toto and Louder in, but the boardroom only had two seats. 
<laughs> yeah. I think I think Zetcher may have been involved as well. The chocolatier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I mean, again, to say that Ross Braun, you know, to say that it's a Ferrari thing is a little bit, you know. And Jean Top hadn't been at Ferrari for a couple of years, I think it was when, and he was made FIA president. So, um, yes, they have all at some point seen su- varying levels of success with Ferrari, but it it certainly doesn't mean that it's going to be a Ferrari. Um, Ferrari run sport, should we say? And we certainly haven't seen that with Ross Braun being at the head of the rules for the last two years. I think it is now three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to have acted in a very fair way. And like, as Lee said, we won't know how good that particular side of the job is until 2022 rolls around. Um, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Yeah, just be, just be interesting to see what sort of direction Domenicali takes it, and I'm not saying it's going to be all about Ferrari, but the good th- the good thing about it now is there's a racing businessman in charge rather than somebody who's no offense meant to Chase Carey whatsoever, but a professional executive. You know, he's run TV- television executive. Yeah, he's run TV networks before, uh, whereas Domenicali comes from. A motoring background. Yeah. Let's be fair, though. I think anyone that's, that gets that job, um, it's Liberty clearly have a vision for Formula One. It's clearly more of a, um entertainment entity, I think, in the long run than it is so so much like a, a grassroots racing sport. You can, you can see that by the um, like on-screen data and stuff like that which appear which seems to mean absolutely nothing to know that to somebody that knows something about formula one they they appear to be graphics for people that know nothing about the sport because it's obvious bullshit um only 10 percent yeah and uh AWS bullshitometer. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's yeah. It's it's the other one that gets me is is when they have like the 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 quickest people rated from like wait like not to ten. Yeah, I, can't, like, I George, cannot even begin to understand <laughs> this graphic. George um, Russell was heading it. George Russell was heading it, and um, like at the time when when, when that ter- when that turned up, like Lewis Hamilton was five seconds down the road from Bottas. So in my eyes. Lewis Hamilton was probably the quick guy then. <laughs> I think my favourite of all that, the graphics is... We don't need is this, do we? The we need the time. Forecast. Just look at the times. Yeah, I, miss the, I miss the old 90s um, graphics. I, 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 I quite like the um, like being able to see where everybody is, but I think that should only be something that comes up seldomly every sort of five laps. Um, I, all you really need is what drivers are on the track that you're watching at this present moment in time, and what are uh, what the what the difference is between them, the cars in front of them, and the cars behind them. Pretty much what you get now, but I don't. I know what you mean. I don't. I don't mind the graphics package, but this stupid bloody performance thing. This eight point seven out of ten, and like three point six out of ten. It's like um, I don't need to look at like who's performing better in the corners. All I need to look at is you know the leaderboard that kind of tells me who's fastest by yeah. the quickest times because that's kind of the idea of the sport. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The whole the whole fucking thing's stupid. But um, what I was going to say was, I think anyone that takes that job on, um, Liberty clearly have a a road that Formula One's going to go down 
which I mean, again, I've always been one that champions um, entertainment over this idea of pure sport. I think in the end, at the end of the day, we watch it for entertainment. So that's why I like the reverse grids idea and stuff like that. Um, and uh, if if Liberty have took um, Dominicali on, then he's clearly been brought on, brought in under the understanding of what their initial vision is. Which, if you go back to when they took it over, was um, between 20 and 22 Super Bowls a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's... I, I can understand what they're trying to say. You know, it's make every event special and all. Um, but, but again, again talk about the, the reverse grid idea, I still think that's a, a good move. That's something that would be entertaining and different. Um, but... I still, you, you I, can't. I still think we might get to see that once um, if the championships are decided early on. I, I, I just I don't. The, the teams that have everything to lose from that, i.e., a Mercedes, um, Red Bull, because they know they're going to be starting up there quite close. Probably McLaren as well, because they're going to get Mercedes engines next year, and they might be eyeing themselves up at being best of the rest behind Mercedes once they've got a Mercedes lump in the back of it. Um, I just don't. I do. I don't see teams sacrificing an advantage. That's where you need your um, dictatorship of like who, who like the owners turn around and say, "No, this is the rules." So you either play by the rules or you play somewhere else. Yeah, well, all the drivers. Well, majority. I don't. I can't think of. Well, I've heard of any driver that's, that's that's up for it. But all the drivers and that have been asked about it. Uh, earlier in the weekend, uh, Russia said absolutely not, and you know, teams have said pretty much the same thing, haven't they? Team bosses, so it's difficult. But what I don't get is I don't get why it's so different for GP two. Why? Why um, in GP two? Uh, why does no one care about it then? It's not a gimmick. I think in, G- in GP two or in F two rather, it's more about giving people the chance to showcase their skills rather than just purely it's a spec formula, about isn't it yeah. it's not yeah i mean don't, don't forget in f2 and f3 as well it's a spec series they're all mm-hmm. in they're all in identical cars yeah. with identical engines so the really? whole the whole thing comes down to driver skill mm-hmm. you know it's not so isn't that worse if it's if it's identical cars and identical engines then penalizing the people that do well for doing well but if they're doing that well and then say they say they win the feature race on the saturday and start from eighth if they then come third the next day that then shows them in a better light because they've made up so many places in oh, the race. I, I, I know what you mean, but it's, it's still, it, it's it's no more or less of a gimmick than it would be in Formula One. You could say the same as now you say, well, Lewis Hamilton starts a race on pole and if unless something goes wrong, uh, he's going to win the race. But if there was a sprint race and he had to start last and he finished third, then people go, wow, didn't Lewis Hamilton do well? Um, it's the same thing, you know. It's it's all about what keeps people entertained. It was the car development thing then, there isn't it? Which is something that's in Formula One, which isn't in a lot of other series, including the junior formulas. But that's something. That's something that the, the reverse grids would end up playing into car development because we we've seen it before now, where cars are really it's it's really difficult for them to follow. They would have to build cars that it's easier to follow if that was the case. I still think Martin Brundle's quote is still fucking brilliant as far as um, overtaking in Formula One goes, where he said, 
we spend an hour on Saturday lining the cars up from fastest to slowest, and then we get confused on Sunday when they don't overtake each other. <laughs> random grid. Uh, Ran- scrap qualifying, random grid. Make it a draw. That would be interesting. Draw lots on the way to the grid. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the, the sprint race, I think, is a great idea. But like I said, I don't think it'll happen while the teams have too much say in the sport i think there's there's too much for the teams that are doing well to lose yeah i mean don't forget it's the team the teams only have that much say during the season because it's mid-season rule changes that need um mid-season rule changes that need the agreement of all the teams now it could be that something comes in post-season unless it's um or at the start of a new concord agreement where this is how it's going to be sign or don't sign hmm I don't know. I think I think the teams have unless, the teams have so much weight behind them. It, it'd be hard to do that. Unless you're Ferrari, then you can just veto anything at any point, regardless <laughs> of whether you've even signed a Concord Reverse agreement. Reverse grid might be not. quite handy for them at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it gets them a bit higher up. Yeah, but Vettel's usually in a reverse car. Maybe that's a thing. <laughs> just like he was in qualifying on Saturday. <laughs> Shall we talk about the race then? If we have to. Yeah, we have to because it happened and it was a thing. Let's and we do it while we can still remember what we, happened. We all, we all sat and watched it. Um, right, first thing, first thing, turn <laughs> it two. It sounds first. like you listened to Hot Lap this week. This week's Hot Lap was called a Russian Grand Prix that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I was going to use something similar for the title of this one. I'm going to I'm gonna have to think now. Good Lord. <laughs> use my quote from yesterday if you want. Which one was that? Mother Russia, rules follow you. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> or seeing as I've used song type song title puns before, like, Mother Russia rain down, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sisters of Mercy track from many, many years ago. <laughs> anyway, right, turn two sucks, we've got that out of the way. Um start with Williams. Um three stopping George Russell in eighteenth, because was he actually going for a fastest lap? I don't her. know. I don't know. He damaged his tyres, didn't he? Uh, damaged his hards earlier on. Um, props to Williams for trying something different. It didn't work out. George has been quite honest with that and just said, look, I made some mistakes. Uh, I think the team probably did too, but at the end of the day, we finished uh, last out of all of the finishes because we decided to do things a bit differently and it didn't work. In his words... Um, Was it lack of fannying around he's blamed? I should have been <laughs> fannying around to avoid the incident at the start. I mean, it's an interesting way of approaching a race. I think fannying around is not normally part of your pre-race Oh, hang checks. on. No, the, what the headline says, George Russell, I should have been fannying around. Yeah. And then the first paragraph, George Russell says he was too aggressive on the first lap and regrets not taking his usual cautious approach instead of fannying around. Oh, I thought I read that earlier and I think they had it his normal approach of fannying around. Um, I, I don't know. The was or wasn't fannying around. But yeah, killed his, anyway. killed his tyres <laughs> and just, just bollocksed, bollocksed his race completely. Bollocksed and fannying. Yes. That last lap that he did, though, that was um, that was that was a decent bit of pace. So they they can drag something out of the Williams for one lap, but we've seen that we see that every Saturday nearly. 
Yeah, on softs on Mr. Saturday, Michael. isn't he? He's called Mr. Saturday. Yeah. Um, for that exact reason, you know, into Q2, fantastic. So he's got the single lap pace, but I mean, we just don't. So true, Williams. Like in recent years, like we don't know how good or bad that car is to sort of like measure the drivers. We didn't know when it was Stroll and Sorokin. We didn't know when it was Stroll and Russell, and we don't know now that it, you know. Sorry, no, it was Kubica and Russell, wasn't it? And then we don't know now when it's Russell and Latifi. We just don't know how good either of those drivers are. You know that Russell can out-qualify a teammate because he's he's done it, it 31 times in a row now. But the, mm-hmm. fact that, the fact that every time it gets to Sunday, Williams might start like, ooh, I wonder if today's the day that they'll get a point. And they just drop like a stone to the back of the grid. Yeah, I mean, wrong. What is worth noting? Sorry, carry on. I mean, with it's not as bad as it has been, but but come on, like the, the, there must be something they can do about Sunday race pace. I mean, with, with, uh, what pe- is with worth penalty, noting is with penalties. The... George started twelfth. Sorry, thirteenth. Thirteenth. Yeah. Um, what is worth noting is that um, George Russell, before he had to have that last pit stop that he had. He's just come up to the back of Latifi. I think he was like two seconds behind. And over the course of the race, he made up 30 seconds on Latifi. Yeah. So, you, yeah, but yeah, it's it's the car. It will be, inter- be interesting to see, well, the 2022 Williams car, because obviously we're not going to get any changes, any major changes between now and then. They're going to be using this year's car, this year's engine, this year's tyres next year. Mm-hmm. Um and this year's lineup. I think yeah, yeah, they both signed up for twenty twenty one. Yeah, um, you know another another year of crawling around the back because I can't I can't see any, any other team dropping dropping like a complete rock with everything staying the same. Um, but yeah, it was just just one of those Williams weekends. Good on Saturday. Um, we're also on the circuit on Sunday. Yeah, I, I just wonder how long um, George Russell can keep the shine on himself and motivation up with given what's happening with him. Yeah, it'll, it'll be telling what um, what's going to be happening this you know what's going to be happening with him contract wise in twelve months time. Mm. You know, is he going to get a Mercedes drive? Is he going to go to Aston Martin if? Um, Vettel doesn't work out, or Stroll strikes out on his own. Could be an option at McLaren for twenty twenty two. Yeah. See, I think um, I think there's every chance that George Russell, given the right car, could be the star of the field. Yeah. It's, uh... There's just there's just something a bit extra about him, and I, I the the idea that somebody could come into Formula One. And we don't see as right full potential is at least we know Williams is sort of for the, for the time being like static. So even if he has to, even if he stays with Williams for twenty twenty two, hoping for a better car, you know, at least it's still going to be there. the The idea that somebody like that could get shuffled out of the grid because Williams went under that worried me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would it would have been a big loss in many ways if Williams had. Had folded. Um, just got to just got to see what the new the new organisation brings to the team. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be good to see next year when you know they've got a permanent team principal. They've, I mean, obviously they've done a lot of work previously on rebuilding the technical department after the out and out lows of no pun intended of uh, the last couple of years. I wonder whether there's a chance of Paddy Lowe going back to Williams now. Now that now that the Williamses have gone, um, it's probably more chance than there was before the Williamses went. Well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not out of the question. I mean, it, I guess it all depends on how many staff um, have been retained from when he was there, and how did <coughs> how did he get on with the people that he was working with? Not, what I saw on not, Drive to Survive, what everyone saw on Drive to Survive, I would say not very well. No. That that is the thing that could be the issue. Because I mean, mm. it it sounds it sounds like it was just not very well managed the whole situation there, and that's concerning if he was to come back in in quite a senior role. I think the thing is, they seem to want him to do something different. They mm. seem to want him to they wanted him to be like a a figurehead for the team, where that doesn't seem to be the it doesn't seem to be the low skill set that you know it's I, the. The, the top and bottom of it is that he's one of the best in the world at what he does, and um, it just was it wasn't utilised. Uh, I can't help but think that that was too many too many hands above moving pieces around, which they didn't know how to do. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, to akin to like a um, when Notts County signed Sol Campbell. <laughs> But as it turned out, they didn't really because they didn't have any money because the guy that said he was fronting the cash-up was an absolute crook. Yeah. This will solve our problems. Yeah, because they also signed Sven Goran Eriksson. I'd forgotten all about that, yes. Forgotten that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of, one of them didn't um, go on the pitch and one of them didn't sit in the dugout at all. Yes. Shall we move on to McLaren? Yeah, it's a shame that they're the second team to talk about. Mm. But Carlos Sainz got that um, second turn runoff um, just wrong. Yeah, he was obviously <laughs> foot down, desperate first lap, and uh, instead it, of instead he, of yeah, he got it as wrong as Grosjean did, but in a worse way. Because Grosjean, no. Grosjean managed to go to the right and hit something. Sainz went to the left and hit something that was more solid than what Grosjean hit. I think Sainz says he went over a sausage curb on the way, which sort of unsteadied him a bit as he was going through the, the narrow bit. Everybody had already said it was too tight, and the mm. speed you had to slow down to to get through it safely was going to cause an accident. So he kept his foot in it and clouted the wall and caused an accident. Because I think there was what there was two cars behind Science when he went through, so he couldn't slow down because he did just somebody had just ploughed into the back of him. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then uh, that, of course, um, set the tone for his teammates' race because his teammate backed right off because he um, basically Science spun on on back onto the track in front of Lando. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lando then went for an early pit stop when he found himself right at the back of the uh, of the train, and. Um, Turned out not to be a very good strategy for most of uh, 
Most of the early stoppers. I think he'd got some problems as well because he ran over a lot of debris and I think it had caused a bit of floor damage too. He said something about the steering wheel, didn't he, when they were behind the safety yeah. car. He said it was going from sort of light to heavy and it obviously something had gone a bit wrong. So yeah, it, it sounds like both McLarens got damaged in the same crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where are we next? Haas. K-Mag... 12th i mean he was running in running in eighth at one point wasn't he yeah i think so i think he he dropped down a bit late on i think they both made tire stops quite early and i think kind of started to lose it a bit towards the end yeah and grosjean of course just kept losing it he had to pit as well late on after he went through the the polystyrene the, the one that brought the virtual safety car out yes yes hoover needed on track basically yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, Grosjean just seems to have no interest whatsoever, and I think he's now just sitting, sitting it out till the end of the season, cashing the paycheck, and he's off. He's off ski. That's it. He's finished. You know, he's completely phoning it in. Um, you don't even hear him whinging anymore. I just don't think he can be asked. Either- no, he got knocked out in Q one, didn't he? And was like, "Yeah, great car, guys," on the radio, like not sarcastically. Really? Like he was like, yeah, we really good. Yeah, car. yeah. Well he done. seemed to have a. He seemed to really enjoy that race. Weirdly, he uh, was not race. Sorry, it was the, the quality, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Strange, strange individual. Yeah, I think I think he's just just completely given up. Um, I mean, there's, there's been t- there's been talk about this being his last season for um for a while now, and I think that's all because he said that he didn't know what he wanted to do next year, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah, I I just think we're seeing the, the he's he's circling the drain. I think he did give an interview post race where he has insisted he's got options for next year. Yeah, it depends. Was in like shallots or onions? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, cookbook, TV series. <laughs> Good options for next year. Yeah, yeah I, st- I still think we'll see two new drivers in the house. Mm, yeah, possibly. We've said this for the last five we years. Have, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were chatting on Discord at the end of, end of the race, and I did, you know, we did we did the usual sort of discussion about rock stars and wankers, and we all came to the conclusion, you know, rock star Grosjean's agents. Well, it is a man. I'm, who's sta- I'm his money starting that. to think. I'm starting to think Grosjean has a picture of Gunther Steiner and uh, Gene Haas with um, Rob, with Gisley uh, Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Grosjean didn't fire himself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think time is definitely running out for the pair of them. I mean, all right, Haas have signed the Concord Agreement. They've committed to the next five years. Or that entry will be there for the next five years, whether mm-hmm. Gene Haas sells it or not, is another matter. Should we start a rumour? Maybe, maybe, um, maybe... Is anyone in the market for an F1 team? I haven't heard wild speculation for a little while. Well, if Ryan Reynolds and um, Mac from Always Sunny in Philadelphia don't get to buy Wrexham, then they might have their sports money to spend somewhere else. They're definitely <laughs> buying Wrexham. <laughs> It seems like something Ryan Reynolds would do. do you, have you seen his streaming platform? I haven't seen his streaming platform, but he, ha- but he is legitimately did... involved in a bid to buy the non-league football club, Wrexham. <laughs> He's, uh, he released a streaming platform 
And if you if if you go onto it, it you sign up. It's free to sign up to, and every bit of it looks like Netflix. Apart from then, you notice there's only one film on it, and oh, it's, wow. it's 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 a film he was in years ago, and but it's it's it, it, it's there like it's loads of different films, but with different. Um, like covers and stuff oh, like, like that. different thumbnails it's, from the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Excellent. His, his gin you see about his makes gin a hell company? of a... Yeah, they yeah, make yeah. a hell of a lot of money on that. Is he aviator? Yeah. yeah. He put like a couple of million dollars into it and everybody was like, ooh, a couple of million dollars into gin. I think it's just sold for something like $600 million yeah. or something ridiculous like that. Fuck oh, off. No, he has wow. by random sports club money. He's uh, He's done all right in his investing... He's doing well for playing exactly the same part in every film he's ever been in. <laughs> yeah, but the pit lane interviews will be absolutely fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right, Alfa Romeo next. Um, Giovinazzi, 11th, Kimi, 14th. Giovinazzi, as good as you can be without actually achieving anything there. <laughs> that's, he was really excited about being 11th. Oh, that's going to be my that's going to be on my gravestone. <laughs> How was your race? I was as good as Gutierrez. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Masters how... mediocrity. <laughs> Does given get... how Alfa Romeo have been, though, in the last sort of you know, year, um, over the 2020 season, they found it difficult, haven't they? They found mm. it uh, a tough going. Um, I mean, Ferrari-powered jo- cars have found it tough going. So for Giovinazzi to be the second, suddenly second, appear... He was the second best Ferrari-powered driver. Christ. He was. But, I mean, for him to just suddenly start appearing again mid-season, I've got to, I've got to be honest, I think it's a bit late for Giovinazzi this year. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that might save him is the fact that, that Alfa Romeo has been a bit shit. Yeah, yeah, but I still think... you've, you've got Schumacher and Eilat, haven't you? Eilat's a Ferrari junior driver, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Schumacher, Eilat, and Schwartzman all pretty much ready to go. One of mm. you know, one of those three, and it's looking like Schumacher at the moment because mm-hmm. he's in the lead in F two at time of going to press because there was protests over um, his winning the feature race nice. on Saturday. Um, <laughs> yeah, but if it's not him, then it's going to be it's yeah. going to be Schwartzman or Eilat. Yeah. Um, well, there's talk of there's talk of Ferrari trying to get one in Alpha and one in Haas. Right, yeah, could could well happen. So, don't forget, Kimi may not be in Formula One next year. Kimi, I, I think there's it? more he chance of two Kimi new does. drivers at Alpha. Two, I think there's more chance of two new drivers in Alpha than there is of Giovinazzi getting another season. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I don't think he's done enough. In the Sauber days, the, they've not been afraid to put two rookies in the car at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? NASA and Gutierrez. Ericsson wasn't a rookie. Ericsson came remember. in with Caterham, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Roberto, Ericsson was Roberto the only Mayer. driver to drive for Caterham, who then went on to drive for another team in Formula One. Oh. Every Roberto. other driver who drove for Caterham drove for Caterham and then retired. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Roberto Mary went somewhere else. Did Heike Kovalainen not drive for Caterham and then come back with Lotus? Yes. Yes, actually he did. He replaced Raikkonen with when Raikkonen did his back in. Oh, the, the, back, um, the back injury through lack of payment. Yeah, yeah. But he was rubbish. 
Oh yeah, I wasn't saying it was a quality return, but it was a return. Yeah, no. But but you know, in terms of permanent seats, everybody who drove for Caterham, Marcus Ericsson was the only driver who went on to another permanent seat in Formula One. I think that's what you got to think with Grosjean as well. We keep saying every year it'll be Grosjean's last, but Heike Kovalainen came back to Formula One. Like, give Grosjean all the stick he deserves. He's a better Formula One driver than Kovalainen. How many wins has Grosjean got? How many race-winning cars has he been in? Oh, yeah. Well, at least one. At least one. And one with the Lotus. Yeah, but he he had um, three races that Lotus that year. I think he won in two different Um, seasons, didn't he? he, And he did have a scudge of podiums, though, didn't he, Grosjean? That year, eight. I think. I think he's got eight podiums. Yeah, to his entire career. That was that was that his first year back after falling out of Formula One. No, he came back. It was in 2009, and I think he had two years out, and then came back in 2012. I think. Mm. But let's face it: the um, eleven or 2012. Uh, yeah, Raikkonen won three three races that year, but uh, the McLaren that Kovalainen had, it was not. You know. Yeah, no, he should. Um, Kovalainen should have done better with the car that he had. Yeah, but, but Kovalainen was the reason. Um, the reason that Ferrari won the constructors' championship that year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. yeah. Never since um, Heinz Hal Frentzen has someone come into a championship winning team and done so rubbishly. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't think. I can't think of anyone that has. No. No. I think you're right. No. I think you're right. No. But yeah, the uh, Kovalainen's return was just as a that was a stopgap, wasn't it? Don't don't forget. So it was a who's available yeah. and cheap. Oh yes, Heike Kovalainen. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, when arguably it should have been Bruno Senna because I think he was a legitimate test driver at the time. <laughs> Obviously, Kovalainen had more sponsorship behind him. Presumably so. Yes. Um, Maybe. But yeah, back to um, back to Alfa Romeo. Um, just it, it might be a good car with a better engine in yeah I don't see them switching for Ferrari I said this uh, on a podcast a few weeks ago um, yeah if Ferrari lose, if Ferrari loop, do lose a team in the next uh, in the next couple of years it'll be Haas yeah and um, possibly even as early as next year if um, well, not next year you know what I mean for 2022 if the rumours are to be believed uh, Haas have been in talks with, with Renault I think it was so, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility for Salba to fuck Ferrari off, to be perfectly honest, and become autonomous again. Their, their technical partnership, I think, is up after this year, but they have said they're in talks about extending it. Mm. I think I think the, they, they would go back to being Salba if they weren't Alfa Romeo, but the, for the time that they're Alfa Romeo, they will be powered by Ferrari. Yeah, it, yeah. it's got to be, because you can't, you can't have a... A brand from the Ferrari family with a different engine in. Yeah, Alfa Romeo Honda sounds wrong. <laughs> you know, it, it'd be, um, and we're going back to Grand Prix Manager 2, where, you know, Ferrari were powered by Ford at one point in one, one of my game saves. Yeah, that's just. <laughs> the algorithm's gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Right, you might say it sounds weird to to call it Alfa Romeo Honda. Don't forget, we've got Aston Martin Red Bull Honda. Very true. I'm, I'm pretty sure we did have at one point talking about the same team, BMW Sauber Ferrari. 
That, yeah. that is that is true. But I think, you know, that was after BMW gave up making F1 engines and just had the name on there for sponsorship purposes because they'd already withdrawn. And then Peter Sauber managed to get the money together and re-signed BMW as a title sponsor. Yeah, that's what they, they were title sponsoring a team that was powered by one of their great rivals. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see BMW back in Formula One. I want to see Toyota back in Formula One. I want to see Ford back in Formula One. I want to see, you know, all, all the, the, the greater manufacturers that are still around that have a history in Formula One. You know, I want to see them back in. All right, Toyota, maybe not one of the great manufacturers, but they've got a history in Formula One. Yeah, I think, what was it, Ross Braun said um, about two months ago that it's going to be 2026 before we'll see another engine manufacturer because there's no point doing the R&D now for an engine when the engine formula is going to change at the end of this current Concorde agreement. You watch somehow it'll get locked in until like twenty thirty two. And if that's the case, we might we might see them coming back. I mean Porsche had built a uh, an engine, hadn't they? Gerhard Berger. Forty eight year old Lewis Hamilton is his nineteen time world champion. <laughs> yeah, Ger- Gerhard Berger, so it's an interesting start there, has said Porsche want to build an engine or have started building an engine, but yeah. So it's probably not going to happen, and they're just, yeah, sit, sit down, you're drunk. <laughs> uh, right, Alpha Tori next. Um, Kvyat in eighth, and Gasly in ninth. Solid day out. Yeah, as it, ter- as it turned out, uh, Gasly's late stop didn't affect him in the end, because it screwed his yep. tyres, ended, um, ended up down in twelfth, and made a, made a bloody good move on uh, Lando and, Al- and Albon. Mm-hmm. To um, did, pull, yeah. Yeah. pull the uh, pull the positions back and Giovinazzi as well because I think he came out behind him. Yes, I think he would have done. Yeah. Danny Kvyat eighth in your home race when you're driving a, an Alpha Tauri. That's 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 pretty good going. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean that the, they have they have come on again this year, and you can't you can't really say what the what they'd achieved was down to shenanigans. You know that that is a capable. Um, Middle to lower end of the point scoring car. Yeah, all right, it's got a win, but there was shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, the win, the win was shenanigany, but yeah, they're definitely uh, capable of double points finish as they were in this race. You know, this, this is back to the uh, this is back to the days when it was um, Science and Verstappen driving for them. You could expect a couple of points finishes just by them getting on with it and doing it. Yeah, and I still think Gasly is best served in this car while he's with the Red Bull organisation because he just seems to drive it a lot better and there's no, nowhere near as much pressure on him. I still think he might find himself in Red Bull next year. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, would, it would be a shame because I, th- I think it'd screw him over again. I think the possibility is still there. Well, of him mm. being in the Red Bull or being screwed over, or both. I've... Both, yeah, no. I think the possibility of him being in the Red Bull, um, not to repeat ourselves too much because it's something we discussed only a couple of weeks ago, but mm-hmm. I think that I think the possibility remains that Red Bull could still switch things around a little bit and not really surprise us because it'll all be internal within their two teams, but just you know, 
2021 might not look as as sure as we as we think it does for any of those Red Bull drivers, unless your name is Max. I was going to say, I mm-hmm. think um, <coughs> I think we can see Max driving a Red Bull. Oh well, he's under contract, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we could. Yeah, the way Red Bull work it, we could see a different driver at each race. I, I mean, right now, I know I know we're not up there with them yet, but it's not really regarding the race. I. I think a a smart five might be on Perez. Not, but not again. Not beyond the realms. He's he's looking for a job. He's saying he's hoping to announce something very soon. He's been in negotiations with a couple of teams. You know, it'll it'll be one of the next two or three Tuesday mornings that he'll announce where he's oh, going. Of course, yes. I I think I think Perez will go to Haas, but. I would like I think so to see him. I would like to see him in the Red Bull, but I don't see it happening. I th- I think Perez goes to Red Bull and Danny Kvyat gets thrown out again. I think Danny Kvyat uh, gets thrown out anyway for Sonoda. Oh yeah, we've got Sonoda yeah, as well. Haven't don't you? forget about him. The Hondas. Or well, might not work well for Gasly either. Then because if they get rid of, if something does happen in Big Boy Red Bull team, I think. Uh, What's his name? Why, why, why can't I remember his name? Alban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Alban goes back to Toro Rosso. Yeah. Or Alpha Tori. I, I think Gasly should be looking elsewhere because it's just an easier, less dramatic option. Not necessarily yeah. because he isn't good enough to be in that car, but just because it's just so much less hassle to be in that family. Kvyat to Alfa Romeo. Interesting. I, I think uh, um, Gasly to Alpha yeah, is not a bad shout. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Maybe a Gasly to Haas or Alpha or anyone else who uh, randomly has a seat going. I lose track. Well, Gasly, um, Gasly, it might be a bit of a problem for Kvyat finding another drive because, I mean, at least you, you were pretty sure Schumacher is going to be in Formula One next year. Um, Alonso's coming back, so there's two drivers, two drivers coming into Formula One, mm-hmm. so that for people that have to make way for them. Um, and if you if if you are looking for new drivers, you've got Hulkenberg, which it's gone quiet on, hasn't it? But he was looking like he was set to come back as well, so that'd be another driver knocking somebody out. Mm-hmm. And if you've got the um, Kvyat and Gasly that are sat there, you'll take Gasly. Yeah. So I think I think Gasly might be a bit of a problem for Kvyat finding another drive because and, and don't forget Perez oh, is going to be ahead of him in the queue. Yeah. Time. Yes, that's also and true. Then, uh, and then that's however many other drivers from GP2 managed to break the way, and maybe if an Ilot does manage to get through, or like you say, Sonoda manages to get through, um, all these people have got to shuffle somebody out. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's a fair point. There are not a huge amount of seats available, and quite a lot of people seem to be after one. So yeah, I mean, we could be on for a repeat of repeat of last year, where we get um, three drivers moving up from F two. I don't think yeah. it'll be as many as three, but I don't know because I mean, you, you've got you've got Schumacher who at the moment is looking like he's, yeah. He's I mean, win. whoever's the champion has to yeah because they can't continue yeah. But then there's talk of Ferrari getting Schwartzman. In yeah, a Schwar- I mean Schwartzman. Team. Schwartzman is a rookie in F two, so it doesn't do him any harm 
to hold him there for another season mm. if a seat isn't available. But Ferrari are also pretty big on Islet and want yeah. to get him in. And then on the Red Bull side of things, you've got Sonoda, who is on the Red Bull Junior Driver Programme and backed by Honda. Yeah. So I think that... it's pretty much a case of if he has super licence, he gets the seat. I think that's pretty much the deal that's going on there. Yeah, well, I mean, he's doing a, he's doing a test in the big boy car. Yeah. So yeah, you could you could get three coming up. True. You know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. And with the returning Alonso, um, all of a sudden you've got a lot more drivers with experience than there are seats, and the teams will have their pick. You know, I think it, that's it, why it's uh, Haas it, haven't jumped yeah. Perez yet. Yeah, it's it's not looking it's not looking good for uh, it's not looking good for K Mag if Grosjean retire even if Grosjean retires. No, it's a, it's a buyer's market, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've got. Yeah, it really it really is. Yeah, if you've got a choice of Gasly and Perez and Hulkenberg, you're probably not picking K Mag. Yeah, I mean Hulkenberg's got um, got sponsorship. He's got the mm-hmm. he's got he's got. That looked quite handy. Yeah. in the in the race he yeah. did. Yeah. Decent driver, and he's got the decorum money. Mm-hmm. Perez, we know he's got form, and yeah. he's got all the... Why can I never remember his name? Uh, Carlos Slim. Yes. Carlos Slim. Yeah, he's got Mexican his, guy. He's got his $10 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you only, you only have to look, don't you, at the Mexican Grand Prix. He is on every billboard in about a 10-mile radius of that track. Yeah. So he's going to sell a lot of T-shirts as well. Mm-hmm. Um... So they would be the first two choices because they come with the backing, the, the money that can go straight into the team. You've got two former Red Bull drivers who have been basically on the Red Bull programme all their life and their only sponsors have been Red Bull and they're not bringing any outside outside money in. See, this is why the time is now for Gasly, having just won something, he actually now can, if he breaks away from Red Bull, get himself some sponsorship and yeah. be good to go. That's what his management should be doing now, is saying, if he's not Red Bull back, do you want this? Yeah. And yeah. then they can go to other teams and say, we could bring this brand, that label, so on and so forth. It would it would be the ultimate if Gasly goes to Haas and gets back in from Rockstar. Oh, that would piss everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> that of course means that his teammate would have to set up with a drinks company called Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of which, should we do Ferrari next? Ah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a lot higher up than um, the order than they have been in uh, recent podcast reviews. Um, but the reason behind that is another monumental drive from. Char- after he'd punted Lance Stroll out of his way. Yeah, that was wanker, a bit wankerish of him, let's be honest. We talk, if we were going to talk rock stars and wankers, I think I immediately called Charles Leclerc a bit of a wanker for taking Lance Stroll out of the race and making it look like it was Lance Stroll's <laughs> fault because nobody thought that, it was, it was, uh, that he'd been tagged by anybody. Stroll went around and into the barrier and instantly everyone thought, oh, what a dick. <laughs> but actually, it was shot. Actually, it was Charles Leclerc's fault, uh, and not Lance Stroll's. I mean, it got it got us it got us ninth place in um, Pit Lane Girls' funniest tweet of the day awards because I tweeted with a video of you two go uh, playing "Daddy's gonna pay for your crashed car." 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Stroll was, was looking handy most of the weekend. He's 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 really improved. Mm-hmm. I think he's settled now that he knows that, uh, well, he knew anyway, but now that he knows that he's uh, Sub Martin for next year, Seb's going to be his teammate. He doesn't have to worry too much about what he's got to do for the rest of this year. So now he can just get on and do a job. Have we accidentally started he, he talking about well racing that, point? Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were on Ferrari. Were? <laughs> well, uh, we got as far as yeah, the player okay. ran into Stroll and then we talked about Stroll. But, yeah, oops. Um, That's how yeah, exciting Ferrari, Ferrari are then, yeah. this year. <laughs> Charles Leclerc drove incredibly well. Sebastian Vettel, less so. Yeah. Done. Vettel did hold up Ocon long enough to help out Leclerc, though, which was an unusual bit of Ferrari strategy going quite well. The first time ever. Yeah, it might not have been planned. It might have just been a happy accident for them, but it did It did do the job. Yeah, yes. Vettel couldn't drive the car fast enough to um, put, mm. a, put a gap between him and Ocon, and Ocon couldn't drive the car fast enough to get past. Yeah. But Vettel's spin on Saturday was... Yeah, not good. Yeah, he just... I don't know, he bounced, he bounced off the curb and then the back end just decided to swap places. Tidied up after He did himself, on Saturday though, what, we, what we all think Lance Stroll did on Sunday, but that wasn't the case. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, nobody actually hit him. Not, not even Ericsson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cl- um, picking up the front wing and sticking it in the cockpit. Yeah, we like that. People should clean up after themselves when they make a mess. <laughs> are you absolutely? Are you yeah. li- are you listening, Roman Grosjean? <laughs> <laughs> Destroyer of polystyrene. <laughs> Destroyer of a lot of things, actually. Yeah, he'd be there a while, wouldn't he, if he had to pick up I'm all of his breakings? That, like, I- is Grosjean human? What would he be if he's not human? Well, that that neck does not look like it can withstand those G-forces. But he can't be machine, because machine would be more accurate, you would think. Well, <laughs> you a, say that. A, mach- a machine <laughs> built in the days before machine learning, because ah. he doesn't appear to. <laughs> yeah, there is no AI aboard this Grosjean. <laughs> It's like in the um, in the F one game when you um, when you've got uh, Raganathan as your teammate and he won't move out of the way for you. It's just when you it's like the F one game when you've got AI set to like stupid. That's yeah. Anyway, um, Ferrari. <laughs> so they Ferrari it up right, Renault. Uh, Danny Rick in fifth. There was a lot lot of um, lot of thoughts that he would get the podium. This time round, I thought you. I pr- mm. I predicted a podium for Daniel Ricciardo. It's coming. It is coming. I mean, fifth place. He's had what three fourths and now a fifth. Mm-hmm. At least one fifth. It's it can't be far away. Yeah, he just spent too long stuck behind Ocon, didn't he? Early on, and everyone sort of got away from him. Yeah, yeah. a little. Yeah, I was. I was surprised Renault didn't swap him round. They did eventually because Ocon couldn't get past Vettel. Hmm. But, then he got his. Five, that's where Daniel Ricciardo got his yeah. five-second penalty from mm-hmm. as well, because in trying to pass Ocon, he uh, misjudged his braking into turn two and went the wrong side of that bollard, but then didn't come back on the track the way he was supposed to. Um, that seemed a bit rough of Ocon, that, yeah, to me. Yeah, that seemed to be the the 
thing, didn't it? Ocon, I think, maybe hadn't quite figured out what he was going to do before he did it. And yeah. I think I I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I I think he he left it late, then essentially broke late to let Ricardo pass, which which left him screaming off the track. Yeah, he wants to try doing that to Alonso next year. See how uh, see how well that goes down. GP two driver, GP two. Never did GP two straight from GP three to F one. Oh God, he was wasn't yeah. he? Was Alonso Alonso's oh, going to maul him. <laughs> I predict we don't see Ocon in a Kamoa cap. I don't think he will be endorsed. I thought you were going to say worthy then. <laughs> I, pre- I predict we don't see Alonso and Ocon in the same straight. <laughs> yeah, funny how Alonso suddenly got more involved when it turns out that the Renault's not shit. Yes, he was there. Yeah, he's turned up at the shoots. engine factory, hasn't he, mm. in the last sort of week or two? Yeah, because I mean, when he signed, it was going to be, oh, it's all about 2022. Don't even think about next year. Now it's like, oh, God, can't wait for next year. Look at me, Mr. Renault, black and yellow cap. Come on. Yeah, comes why out have now. they kitted him out in a Renault kit? He's never actually going to wear that. FKR. FKW. FKR. <laughs> <laughs> Full kit Rockstar. <laughs> ah! Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's talk that we will see Alonso in a Renault at some point um, this season, either... Um, oh, because they have said he's officially registered as a young driver. Yeah, they, man- they managed to rig the regulations so that he can do the young driver test at the end of the year in Abu Dhabi. There's no regulations rigged. Let's remember how many young driver tests Oliver, like, Paffett did. <laughs> yeah, but that was... Oliver <laughs> Paffett? Yeah. We know exactly the genre of driver you yeah, mean. That's it. <laughs> well, the thing is, you still counted as a young driver if you hadn't started two Grand Prix for that uh, particular so, team. Alonso's won yeah. two world championships. There's nothing young about him. <laughs> <laughs> but because he's a new signing to that team, and he has not done two Grand Prix since signing that particular contract for this stint with that team, he is classed as a new driver. Because they're a different Renault yeah. to the ones that he last drove for. If there is a loophole anywhere in the F1 mm-hmm. regulations, somebody will find That's it. That's what it's all about. Imagine being that guy who has to find the loopholes. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't mind when he it? sat finding the loopholes in his massive house. Yeah, it'll be a very well compensated lawyer, I'm sure. I mean, this, <laughs> this is why Ross Braun's got a loophole finding team. <laughs> he has, yeah. So, yeah, we will probably see Alonso in a Renault while it's still Renault. Possible. I'm surprised that he's not going to be doing a couple of FP1s. I think it was at Mugello. Um, Martin Brundle gave reasoning behind it, and it made plenty of sense. But unfortunately, I can't remember exactly what it was that he said. Was it that he can't be asked? Um, That could have been part of it. <laughs> Got to be honest. But no, there was, there was a there was a pretty pretty cromulent reason why. Um, is it something to do with bubble? Because that... Nissany has done an FP one, hasn't he? But is in the bubble anyway because he's in F two. Yeah, it might be that, which is why he, he's not turned up at any mm. circuits and he's free to do what he wants any old time. Given the fact that Ricardo was on the same plane, unmasked with uh, Max Verstappen on the way to Russia. I think we can all all like get on with the, on board with the fact that when the cameras are off, the bu- the bubbles mean fuck all. Well, I don't know because 
Um, Brundle wasn't there this weekend. Um, and neither was Damon Hill because they were doing a uh, classic car event on Wednesday in the UK. So they'd have been outside the sky bubble. So I think they're actually enforcing the bubbles for TV crews as well. Mm, yeah. No, well, that was Formula One, isn't it? They they just they they said they were going to try and do it team by team, and each team would have their bubble and wouldn't be allowed to mix with another team until they realised that that would actually be impossible when it came yeah. to things like podiums. You know, podiums. Yeah. And they they still give conferences. They still give the pretense of bubbles yeah. between teams. Well, Netflix, Netflix this weekend were with Mercedes, anticipating the Hamilton Schumacher equaling win, which did not work. Um, but Mercedes gave them all team kit so that they could tell who was in the bubble. So Netflix were running around with Patronus shirts yeah, on. Yeah, they were full kitted. Also, fully kitted. Can, can, if we're going to talk full kit wankers, yes. uh, Stoffel Van Dorn in oh, um, doing the interviews. He is oh. not. He is not Mister Saturday. That was a personality meeting, wasn't it? Fucking Van Dorn <laughs> and Bottas. Good lord! But if there aren't in already enough Mercedes and Patronus labelled T-shirts on the podium interviews, he had to go and wear his. Yeah, they really were anticipating it being the Hamilton weekend, weren't they? And it did not work yeah. out. I missed missed the um, Stoffel stuff because the um, iRacing endurance race was starting, so I was busy setting setting that up. You didn't see it. I don't know whether I'd go as far as to say you missed it. Right. Okay. (laughs) (coughs) I heard. I heard you saying, "My God, what is this?" Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. He's not an interviewer. I don't think he'll be invited back. Maybe they're going to get Nick DeVries in to do the next one. See see how he goes. Couldn't be any worse. I mean, you know, McLaren, McLaren reject Mercedes, snapped him up, stuck him in Formula E, now stick him on the other side of a microphone. <laughs> anyway, now we'll do Racing Point. Unfortunate for Stroll and an yeah. amazing drive by Sergio Perez in which he did nothing, just stayed in his position, mm-hmm. which just so happened to be fourth. Yeah, he just got on with it. Yeah, I think I think with, with all the shenanigans, he was a... So a candidate for driver of the day because he did what was expected of him, mm-hmm. and then some. Yeah, I think I think you know, Racing Point would have snapped your hand off if the if you told them before the weekend that they would uh, they they get a fourth place because they, they they weren't really there at Mugello, were they? They weren't as on it at Monza as we thought they were going to be. Um, so to get like a a really decent result, and let's let's be honest, Stroll was looking strong. Mm-hmm. Well, Stroll um, had upgrades, didn't he, that Perez didn't. So, I mean, that will be frustrating for Racing Point not to have seen that in a race setting. But assuming those upgrades work, that means there's more to come from the Perez car. Well, there was there was an issue with Stroll's car in Q2 because after the red flag, melted, he, didn't, didn't he didn't come back out. Yes. So there was, yeah. Because uh, while they were um, clearing up after the red flag, Stroll was out of the car and sat on, yeah, good sat on a toolbox look, looking very, very pissed off. Yeah, no, they, they, they had him in the queue and he just they were waiting that long, it just overheated. Because it was a worry that they were going to actually start working on the car in the fast lane, which would have been... Also not ideal. Yeah. More pit, more pit lane related shenanigan penalties. Yes. We'll get, we'll get to those. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, I mean, Perez is doing a good job of putting himself in the shop window. Yeah. I mean, obviously, done any more uh, this weekend. To be fair, obviously coming with a minus ten million dollar price tag helps, but yeah, but he's not—he's not sort of 
dropped his head on track after the uh, after the announcement that he's off. And that's got to be yeah, quite the opposite. You, you do see that with some drivers, mm. and it's the ideal. Oh, Vettel ta- is the obvious. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it's the ideal time for him to actually get his head down rather than drop his head down, mm-hmm. and um, just let his driving do the talking. I'm confident we'll see him in a in a, in a yeah, car Yeah, he should year. be fine. Something's gone wrong if he doesn't get a seat. Well, he may lose a seat and not be in Formula One at all next year. We'll just have to. You know, he could be one of those ones that drops out and a couple of years' time we're, we're going, do you remember Sergio Perez? Like, what a good driver he was. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Hopefully not. Just just like we do about, I don't know, Esteban Gutierrez, Guido, Guido van der I don't know that we look on those quite as no. uh, favourably. Rio Harrianto. Oh. Christ. Oh. Max Chilton. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think Perez is in the same list as these people. No, fair point. All right. Um, right, Red Bull next. Albon managed to get back to 10th and Max in 2nd. Albon took a hit before the race because he had a 5-place grid drop for getting a new gearbox. Yeah, and then was involved in a first lap tangle and pitted early, didn't mm-hmm. he? Because he had at the back Norris, Albon and George Russell. Yeah, which was a fun the, uh, little three, interlude. Yeah, the three that stepped up last year having their own little battle yeah, looked, right looked, at the back. Looked like 2018 F2 all over again. It was pretty nostalgic, yeah, actually. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, Al- Albon again just seemed... Off the pace. I mean, he didn't qualify particularly well, did he? Because he, where was it? No, was he, he was he was tenth. Mm. He was tenth. He was. I think it was one point two off Verstappen's quality pace, and it, I mean, Verstappen's quality lap was good, but it wasn't one point two better than it should have been. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. He did split the Mercedes. He did, but his pace wasn't fifth row. Like without that freak lap. No, 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 quite right. You know, there's that disparity there, isn't there, between Verstappen and Albon. It's yeah. usually been about seven tenths, I think. Mm-hmm. So for it to be 1.2, I get your point, it's, you know, is is quite high, even in comparison for those two drivers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Albon, Albon said during the week that he just didn't know where Max was getting the extra pace from. Yoss was there, so... Oh, so he had to say that, otherwise he'd have got twunted. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, a, a, a fairly okay, I suppose, recovery drive from Albon. Nothing special. When you look at all the drivers that finished ahead of him, you think, yeah, on the day they probably deserve to finish ahead of Albon. Um, yeah. it, it was just the fact he was there in the first place, though, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and I, know, I know there was stuff that happened, but again, Max Verstappen was in second place, splitting the Mercedes. And Albon was nowhere to be seen. Oh, no. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, it's not the way to um, have the follow-up race to your first ever podium. That's the thing, isn't it? Coming off that race, you were thinking maybe this is it, maybe this is the start of the great Albon resurgence, but... I did, I predicted him for third. That was not correct. I, I put five quid on him getting third. That was even less that correct. Was money, yeah. That was that was money wasted. He has been it was cursed. Money wasted. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, it's all it's all right. Lee's that set in his betting ways. He's um he's still back in Nick Heidfeld for a win at some point. Always <laughs> 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 <All his> belief. <laughs> <laughs> the Bottas said, "Never give up." <laughs> With a lot more beeps in there. 
But um, Max was Max was great. Oh yeah. yeah, he was. Just got on with it, and typical mature Max Verstappen. Um, you know, doing the absolute best he could when he was being given information. He turned around at one point, didn't he, to his radio engineer, and just said, "Listen, can you?" Can you not? I'm just having my own race here. Um, let me know a bit closer to the end if there's a chance of anything. I mean, he, co- he complained early on that it was getting no rear end grip whatsoever, but mm. um, I think a lot of drivers were having the same problem. It happens with a safety car, doesn't it? You get, particularly on the medium tyre, it goes a bit cooler and, yeah, it takes a while to come back in. Yeah. Usual safety car thing, but obviously we got the we got the radio for dramatic effect because that's what we seem to get a lot of this weekend. Dra- yes. dramatic radio. As we all were- we hear is dramatic radio. <laughs> <laughs> As we will discuss now for Mercedes. Now, I've seen Hamilton's behaviour after the penalty. This. This weekend described as being a, and I quote, a whiny little bitch. He was complaining in the same way that Kimmy was complaining with um, with his penalty, the big for what's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. Kimmy for what was not whiny. The Kimmy for what was just pure anger. <laughs> but the the whole the whole penalty thing. Um, never seen two penalties for the same thing issued separately before yeah it's I mean, but it was two practice starts there this wasn't is the it? thing he mm. did it twice so yeah yeah break the rules you gotta if you break the rules you gotta you know accept the consequences danny ricardo's response when he um didn't join the track in the right place and was told that he had a penalty his attitude was totally polar opposite mm-hmm. of lewis hamilton's uh Hamilton, even when he took his pit stop, and they did those 10 seconds before they started working on the car, you know, team radio came on. This is ridiculous, man. Like, Hamilton saying, man, you know, it's, you know, it's the three legs mm, that's, 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 that's always been the trigger, trigger word, hasn't it? You know, yeah. he's pissed off. Don't talk to me in the corners, man. Does someone at Mercedes need to get more into the rule book? Because they had this thing with the not thinking to look for the pit lane being closed. Hamilton asked, "Can I go further down?" and was told, "Yeah." So for some Which reason, why he, he had his sorry, sorry go, go on. on. I was going to say, and he didn't seem to know when he came in, knowing that he had a time penalty that it was going to be added onto his pit stop, which has been the rule for many years. Yeah, it has. But the um, people are getting excited as well that Hamilton's two points away now from a from a race ban. He isn't. No, uh, not, not anymore. Points away, and that to me says that somebody somewhere whispered in someone's ear and went, "You fucked up a little bit there." That's not the driver's I, fault. You penalised the yeah, wrong thing there. I don't think they did fuck up though, because how how often it's it's the nature of Formula One. Um, someone goes out for an outlap, um, or uh, and they have to change the gearbox all of a sudden before a race, and they've got a ten place grid penalty. It's not the driver's fault the gearbox failed. But no. that's that's just what happens. Penalties are given as a team, and, and time, um, and time penalties always come with penalty points. That's just it's it's an odd thing to rescind, rescind the penalty point. I realise after the I race, I think it was because of what he said back, in the but, pit. Yeah, when he when he said, "Oh, they're trying to stop me," because I don't believe that when he was saying they're trying to stop me, I don't believe they were talking. He was talking about winning races or. Um, beaten records 
I think he was talking about his well, activism, for want of better words, and I think he had the penalty points re- receded because Formula One was worried about bad luck. Uh, well, I mean, there is there is a whole other discussion about the way that the stewarding was done this weekend because mm. apparently Mika Sala, who was the driver steward this time, uh, there's rumours flying around that he was texting a friend of his who works with a Finnish broadcaster, and they had they had details of Hamilton's time penalties about five minutes before it was officially mm. announced. Because we had no idea that there were two separate things, did we? Until it came up that there were two. Yeah. Five seconds. Yeah. It's like, oh, what the fuck's this one for? Yeah, it was like vi- violation one and violation yeah. two. Yeah, but the thing is, when when a driver asks, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not getting into the argument as whether or not the penalty should be applied because I, I I always maintain and I still believe that if you are a fan of the sport or a spectator or anyone, you, you have to you have to respect the rule makers. You might not agree with it. Absolutely. You know, it's so bad in sports when fans and you know people on the outside fringe of the sport get you know get shouty and so wound up about the rules of the sport. When you look at like, let's say like Daniel Ricciardo and you know the, like gentlemen in sports, you know when rugby players are told they're sin binned and they just go right okay and they go and they walk off, mm-hmm. you get much more respect for that than you do for a footballer throwing his arms in the air when a free kick's given against mm-hmm. him. No, I've never, you know know, I mean? I've never just... known a football referee change his mind when the players protested. Oh, exactly, yeah, yeah. And so it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. Uh, it's, like, I can't think of any other sport where a, where a player protests and 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 the umpire, referee, you know, whoever it is, changes their mind. Um, it's just, just not the done thing. So yeah, it, it's just disappointing for Lewis Hamilton. And if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, it's disappointing. But the bottom line is the rules are broken. Um. Is it harsh? Yeah, probably a little bit, but you know, there's gonna be It wouldn't a have been it wouldn't have been harsh if someone had come out of the pit lane and creamed into the back of him. Oh, correct. That's the thing, it was mm-hmm. it's not like it was just a a grey area or or an odd misdemeanor. It was a safety aspect. Yeah. And, it, and when you when you do when when you do something that involves safety and then you take something away from it, um you allow an area that can then be exploited by other people because a precedent has been set. One of the other issues was, though, there was no actual area marked where practice starts were allowed. But it's in the yeah, race director's notes, every, isn't it? Everyone else managed it. It, yeah. it was on the side, wasn't it? Whenever, when you get the race director's notes, which are all, they're all on the FIA website, usually from the Wednesday, there is usually a track map with all the marshal points, all the gaps in the fences are marked, all the fire hydrants marked, the pit lane entry bollard is marked and all all that is on that i'm sure the practice start area is usually on that track map yeah sometimes though there's actual actual signage on the track mm. as well which there wasn't this weekend i mean yeah. you know, i'm not i'm not i'm not defending oh, yeah, yeah. what happened but you know maybe something like that needs to be standardized as well yeah probably not a bad plan michael Massey, regardless michael Massey also finishing third though Sorry, go on. Yeah, I was going to say Michael Massey also hasn't done himself any um, any great favors now because the uh, the crash that finished the F two sprint race on Sunday, um, Luca Giotto got out the car while it was on fire and mm-hmm. it burnt seriously. Now, what had happened there was the actual crash was in between two fire marshals points, mm-hmm. and Michael Massey actually said 
The reason that it took so long to get the fire out was because it was in between those two points. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but I wouldn't fancy running 150 metres with a fire extinguisher. Well, yeah, but what if Giotto had been knocked out? Exactly. You can't mm. leave the man in the car while it's on fire. Yeah. Someone needs to be running 150 metres. With a fire extinguisher. Yes. Yeah. Um... Um, also, um, put a fire extinguisher there because that's not the first time a crash has happened at that exact point in F2. That weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, go- I'm going for an early one here. Michael Massey on the wankers list. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but, that, for that, maybe, but yeah, I mean, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a thankless task, isn't it? Being uh, being a race director. Let's be honest. Trying to keep I'm, everyone. And keep it, everyone safe. It might have just been a flippant comment, say to to lighten the situation as well. If it was, it was badly timed. Yeah, you know, lack, lack of reading the room. No, no, I mean, that's, I don't. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm all for flippant comments. Oh, if it had preceded <laughs> it with "what up, bitches," yeah, then fine. <laughs> yeah, I think because that would have gone down so much better. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that's, that's a, a good advised stance. Yeah. Anyway, As we were talking about Mercedes, we're, we're I talk, don't we're think talking about Mercedes. I don't think a one-three, given the fact that Lewis Hamilton did have a, a pretty big penalty. Um, I, I don't think that's a disaster of a race for them. Still, do you know no. what I mean? Mm. For, for for Lewis to still finish third after a ten-second penalty. Um, you know, he was leading the early stages of the race. He seemed to be, you know, without that penalty, quite commanding. But, you know, we don't know how things were going to play out because, of course, he was on a totally different tyre strategy after his Saturday fuck-up. Um, well, uh, it wasn't his fuck-up, it was Vettel's fuck-up. Well, yeah, but if he hadn't run oh, wide on his, his first time oh, lap, he wouldn't have been in again, that position. Yes, he, yes, he did fuck-up as yeah. well. I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Oh, I'm looking um, forward to Twitter this week. You know who you are. <laughs> Um, his race engineer was fucking hilarious in Twitter. In Twitter, fuck no. Uh, I've got fucking social media on the brain. When um, when he backed off, oh and, yes, uh, he said, we need to move. We need to go. Yeah, go, now, to go. go now. Go <laughs> now. Yeah, Bonner here. Yeah. Go now. Go now. Go now. <laughs> yeah, like pooing himself on the Saturday. It was quite. That was I think quite was funny. One point yeah. two seconds one... he had left. Yeah, I thought he'd missed it. Yeah, I, I, I did. Thought he'd... Yeah. Yeah. It was cutting it. It was cutting it. Cutting it very fine. Yeah. Very much so. That's how it is in F one, isn't it? Fine margins. And oh all yeah. That shit. It has. It has to be. But um, Bottas is second win of the season. Yeah. He likes Russia, well, doesn't say, he? Say a great win for Bottas. Mm. He kind of just had to not get in the way of anyone after the start. Yeah, um, although I, the B. Oh yes, B, the, yeah, yes. there was a B. But I mean, <laughs> did, did he know about Lewis Hamilton's penalty? I imagine not at the start because he went for it, didn't he? You would think if you know I your mean, teammate's about to get oh, a penalty. Well, no, he only he only yeah. went he only went for it because he missed the missed his breaking point because, because of, of the, the B. B. I see. Yes. I mean, even even the end of the race because I can't believe that even uh, Valtteri Bottas, knowing that Lewis Hamilton took a ten second penalty, would be like. Fuck you, bitches. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. To whom it may concern, bitches. Yeah, to to critics, yeah. Yeah, but um, it's not... I thought that was ridiculous. 
he must have known that, that Hamilton had a penalty at that point. To whom it may concern. That's that's <laughs> that's not a saying. Yeah, to whom it may concern. Fuck you, bitches. Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, the Daily Mail's gone gangster. <laughs> I mean, he he proved that he can win a race when the only other person that's capable of beating them is taken completely out. The as a number two, as a number two Lewis driver, Hamilton this I... week is Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, but as a but number two I, driver, I that's your job. But I don't think um, I, I don't think Bottas proved any massive point. You know, it's a the. I mean, as far as actual class of driver goes, I think the point was proved in qualifying. Was it like oh, seven tenths faster Hamilton was to Bottas? That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was ridiculously huge. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I just. I don't get the win. I don't get the. I don't get the big victory that he had. It's great he won a race. He probably should have won more. He's in a Mercedes. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, if if he'd have raced Hamilton and beat him on track, even I mean, even the, that would have been swift because of the tire situation. But if it had been just a, a straight fight between the two of them. And he beat him and got on top of Hamilton. Then so, so yeah, yeah, absolutely, you you did it. No, what happened is Bottas Hamilton was taken completely out of contention, and you won that race that you tend to be quite good at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we as a, again, we the tire situation, do we? Because Hamilton would have been on a totally different mm. tire strategy. Yeah, but like you say, Lee, had he managed to beat him purely on tyre strategy, fantastic. You know, well done, Valtteri. But, I mean, to to, to put that message across when, or, you know, as you say, the only person who was likely to have beaten you sort of took himself out of contention mm-hmm. it just seems a bit... It doesn't sit as well as it did in Australia last year, put it that way. Yeah. No, I'd, well, even... The, am I right in thinking, at one point in the race, uh, Max's race engineer radioed into him, told him the gaps between um, third and first, and he said, so basically I'm just on my own for today then. I you didn't know, hear that really, one, but... It, yeah, on those lines. Yeah, it's, it, there, was, there, was no, there was no chance of Red Bull competing with Mercedes this weekend. Mm. I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I thought the... Uh, I, I just find it weird. I find I find making that sort of statement weird. I think the fact that you know it's going to be. I mean, so, so someone like me that obviously has an air, has a swear in them here and there as well. <laughs> but for, for knowing that that's going to be played on like family television, you know, with people watching a sport and stuff, and you just think, I don't. It just seems a bit crass. Teams, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. As yeah, I say, there's, you know, when, there's, when there's the adrenaline, there's the emotion, there's the, you know, if, if it if it was something calculated that he prepared, then yeah, that's a massive cliche. Well, I think it has to be calculated because so, he quoted yeah. a tweet that he'd done. You know, it had to. He, he was quoting a tweet that he'd wrote, replied to a fan. You know, it's it had to be calculated. Yeah, and let's yes. face it, he had a, he had an entire race on his own to work out what he was going to say. <laughs> It was about as off the cuff as Neil Armstrong. <laughs> just because he had two, yeah. just because he had two weeks in the TV studio to prepare for the one small step. 
So my rock stars on wankers. Has anybody else got any prepared? Because I have a rock I star prepared. I have not prepared. got any prepared. Unlike Bottas, I did not come prepared. Uh, I think Valtteri Bottas was the wanker. Look, that um, radio message. Look, a little bit of a wanker for the um, mm-hmm. for the move yeah. on Stroll, and a little bit of a rock star for driving the ass off the Ferrari. Uh, oh, Science is a bit of a wanker as well for creaming into the into side of that wall, wall. <laughs> and tam- damaging yeah. his teammate. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also Lando Norris, rock star. I've never seen anyone defend like that in a Formula One car. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, a shame. it was just a shame we ran out of tyres. Oh, he, was, yeah, he, he, was. Was, he was making that car about three times wider than it should have been. Um, Pierre Gasly on the rock star list. I think Alfa Tori possibly Alpha collectively. Tori in general, you yeah. think, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he still finished behind his teammate, didn't he? Give yeah. me that finished ahead of him. Mm-hmm. He did do one more pit stop. you want to beat is your teammate. Yeah, Gasly was less than a pit stop behind Kvyat, and he had yeah. one more pit stop. So, as we used to hear during the TT, on corrected time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he said, any others? I mean, I've already, I've already said Michael Massey, so. I, yeah, I can't think of anyone. No, anyone I can't else, think. Really? Um, one F two. The Russian Grand Prix in general. Just exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. one, one F two rock star. Dan Tickton for suddenly worrying about everyone's health and safety after the um, after the crash on Sunday morning. And and Giotto for climbing out of the wreckage of his car while it was on fire and like three layers of Tech Pro and just walking away like he was just like leaving the club at the end of the night, just <laughs> casually <laughs> strolling away from that. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a better fire exit than the uh, one in what was it Moto Two, where the guy's fuel line ruptured and, and he, his ass caught and his fire. ass caught fire in his leathers. <laughs> oh dear! That's all over Twitter. You've got to look for that. That was uh, that was quality. Yeah, was it one of those kind of walking aways that Luca Giotto did, where he's sort of walking away, he looks back at it and goes, "Well, I'm not paying for it." <laughs> I don't think he even looked back. I think he was just like, eh, "Well, back to the pits then." Yeah, it's Mazepin's dad that's going to be paying for that one. That's very true, yes. That'll be fine then. Yeah, because High Tech is covered in uh, Mazepin Inc. logos. Yes. Ural Chem, which... That's the one. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a treatment for some kind of lower... Downstairsy pro- thing, lower, yeah. lower problem. And we've yeah. killed that one. <laughs> um... Time to shunt. Uh, Yeah, but before we shunt, I just want to make a quick apology to um, everyone that's taken part in Formula Lee. I've not had a chance to get the results together from the first two races, because the third one's going to be starting tonight. Because I've got to admit, I've not been too well recently, and I've just not been able to gather myself together to get all the results from everywhere. So we're going to do the results of the first two races um, next week, because we've got less to talk about because it's only a preview show. And it's going to be the third race starting this week. And um, it's going to be Vietnam, which is making its Formula Lee debut. So we'll be generous and do it in the dry. And I reckon... uh, Let's have it in a Mercedes. So that is Mercedes in Vietnam in the dry. And you have got until two weeks tonight, which will be Monday the 12th, 7 o'clock UK time. Um, send us a screenshot to 3legs4wheels at gmail.com or direct message on Twitter or direct or messages on Facebook, both at 3legs4wheels. 
Um, or if you're on PlayStation, send me a friend request if you already haven't Pabstar, and I'll get that from the uh, from the in-game leaderboard. Right, that's the Formula E bit done. Now it's time to shunt. Uh, well, we've got one for a first-time shunter today. Ooh. He uh, messaged me before to remind me, and that's the one I'm going to use. Excellent. I will um, give you a hand to start with and say this one's slightly off the wall. Um, <clears throat> Is it Tech Pro? <laughs> no. Uh, this is from uh, Levi Shrek in Omaha, Nebraska. We've heard from Levi in the past. He's, we have. Uh, yeah. long, long time tweeter, first time shunter. Yep. Um, I was born. Good. Yes. Well, back to normal because two weeks ago it wasn't. So uh, in 1972. We'll go for a yay. Mm-hmm. Apparently, people miss it when we don't have a yay after an I was born. <laughs> 1972, so that makes them 48 this year. Yes. I have been an integral member of teams in Formula 3, Formula 3000, and Formula 1. Okay. My predecessor only had 10 F1 entries and zero points were scored. Hmm. So an item or some kind of team or entity rather than a person i believe yeah i'm thinking if it's like f3 and formula 3000 it's going to be like a either a chassis or an engine or something of that someone like someone like van diemen who have been building chassis for you know for many many years over the 70s and 80s and then uh had people like ayrton senna racing for them but they didn't actually um I'm not sure if they made it to Formula One actually at any point. No, they were they were always a, uh, they were always a big Formula Two and Formula Three constructor, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. But I mean, if that's uh, born in '72 and you know possibly not around anymore, we'll have to wait and see. How many different versions of um, Eric Broadley's and now other people's Lola team have there been? Because millions. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously they were a chassis maker. We got to, we got to give a guess. Yeah, yep. that, that was the third clue, wasn't it? Go with yours first, Chris. Van Diemen. We'll get, well, Van Diemen. Yeah. I was instrumental in the management of Gerhard Berger and Carl Wendlinger. So alcohol then. <laughs> Both Austrian drivers. I believe Carl Wendlinger was Austrian. Sounds generically of sort of that neck of the woods. He's been it? German, but I think he yeah. was Austrian. I'm pretty sure he was Austrian. I have raced in Formula One. Oh, sorry, I've never raced in Formula One. Oh, that would that's have been quite a big mistake. Yes. Mm. So associated with Formula One, but has not raced in Formula One. This is looking more and more like uh, Van Diemen at the minute. I am one of the longest-serving members mm. of the Red uh, of Red Bull Racing. Haven't been with the team since 1999. This could be Christian I would like Horner. A guess. Yeah. Right kind of age. Didn't race in F1, but is associated with F1. Wasn't, has an F3 team. Or has had an F3 team. Wasn't fast enough, according to Martin Brown. That is, that is the, the joke, isn't it? Yeah. Christian Horner is, uh, is a good one. Less off the wall than I would expect from what Lee said beforehand. Off the wall, maybe. Can't think of uh, 
There are a couple of reasons why it might not be, but I mean, I can't think of anything better. No, I think, yeah, I think, I think Horner is a good shout for the second guess. Clue seven. My twin has a more stories racing history, having won the 24 Hours of Le Mans and raced in European Formula 2 and Formula 1. Don't think it's Christian Horner. He is not, to the best of my knowledge, a twin. No. No. Number eight. Yes. I owe my career to Emerson Fittipaldi because if it, uh, if not for a racing incident caused by him, I would not have had the position to move into. <laughs> Knowing the answer, that's <laughs> tremendous, that hint. Tremendous. Good effort. <laughs> <laughs> It's easy when Whereas you know the answer. Whereas it made no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> I'm yeah. really hoping that this does make some sense at some point. The term I would not have had the position to move into tickles me greatly. <laughs> was that clue number nine or was that just a bonus? No, that was just a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we need the next clue, don't we? I led to the development of the bulletproof polycarbonate helmet divisor. Wow. Um, hmm. And given the fact I'm not wearing my glasses, I'm surprised I read polycarbonate right. No, it was solid. No, you got the word visor wrong. You said divisor, not visor. I demand a recount. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, is Mr. Arai? Is he J- Japanese? I think he's also ancient. Flood is is much closer than he believes, but not because of what he said, because of what part of it sounds like. Oh, I was I was I was going to say Bell because. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> Number ten, and there is no spaffer. Oh hell! Oh god! I am more form than function. Bertram <laughs> F1 car windscreen. Oh. <laughs> um, hang on, more form than function. You're an Apple Mac. Um, man alive, this is tough. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not coming with much here. Um, it's the twin thing that's getting me. I think. So if we're thinking it's an entity, it's going to be like a sister company or something like that that's... Yeah. I'm very confused. If you really focus, you'll see what it is. Dutch prog rock. (laughs) Focus. Focus, focus. (laughs) Um... You, You seem to be, like, blind here. Would it be something to do like tinted visors? I got it. I'm going to throw this guess out, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to say what it is. I'm just going to throw this one. Are you Dietrich Mateschitz's glass eye? Oh, amazing. Yes. oh sorry, Helmut Marko's glass eye. It doesn't matter. I don't care. You were close enough. That is amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. That is <laughs> That is stunning. <laughs> Hence the reason why number eight, I owe my career to Emerson Fittipaldi who caused the incident. <laughs> Um, I would not have had the position to move into. That is, Trickled me so That much. is biologically very specific. That was brilliant. <laughs> Levi, really well done, mate. That was good. Yeah, because of course, Helmut Marco had his uh, eye taken out by an incident at, was it Clermont Ferrand in France? No idea. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. And where um, which part end, of the which, track wasn't, which, wasn't which ended all, his, was it? Which, of course, ended his F1 career. Mm-hmm. It did, yeah, totally. Yeah, he was running like fifth or something at the time as well. <laughs> so um, he wasn't a terrible Formula 1 driver. But I found it interesting when Helmut Marko was talking about Jochen Rint um, you know, at, the, uh, at the Italian Grand Prix. Um, how they were, they were friends as children and sort of Helmut Marko followed him into motorsport. I thought that was... Uh, really interesting. Yeah, I didn't know any of no, that. No, I the hadn't. Show. I hadn't appreciated that until they until they showed that interview. So it was yeah. good to hear an actual human interview from Helmut Marco. <laughs> <laughs> none of this like COVID camp where he's going to try and make yeah, sure none, the people... of, none of that. That was a little bit of a crazy idea. Yeah, we, we got to see there's more to him than um, Marco bot. Yes, there's more to him than meets the eye. Just the one. What, a bit of Emerson Fittipaldi's car? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Look, that's... uh... (laughs) Moving swiftly away from that, how do you send in a total shunt? Uh, You can send it to me in a PM on Twitter, at Total Shunt, or on Instagram, at Total Shunt. Doing one of those, yeah. Or um, if you want to get one on the reserve list, because I'm run- been running short for the last few weeks for when Lee's not about. Email three legs four wheels at gmail dot com. Already said before, you can get in touch with the show at three legs four wheels on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and individually on Twitter, we are at Sean Cowper, Flood Twenty One. And at Pablo 100. Uh, just want to get a plug in for our iRacing League as well. If anybody out there does iRacing and they've not heard us talking about this before, we have league races every Sunday night, 8 o'clock UK time. Um, join in with us on Discord on the chat. It's a good laugh. There's a load of, load of us race every week. Um, if you want the uh, want the details, drop us a drop us a DM or drop us a line, and um, I'll send you the uh, send you the information where to sign up. Um, I think that about does it for this week, doesn't it? So. Should we just um, oh, say a big not, we, thanks to our friends? We've not plugged the Patreon yet because if we get an extra fifty dollars in Patreon donations, Chris is going <laughs> to Chris is going to do something special. I'm going to cover a song. I think we need to tell we need to tell people what it is. Um, it's, or do they have to sign up to the Patreon to find out? That is true. Actually, if you go to Patreon.com/slash. <laughs> Patreon.com slash three legs four wheels, you will hear this week's Patreon show where there's a play out track on there and it's a little bit poppier than we'd normally have. And Chris has offered to do a um, acoustic cover version of it if we get another fifty dollars in donations. Yes. And um I'll say I'll say that one more time. Inspired I, by Ted Bundy as well. Inspired by Ted Bundy. You see what I did with the one more time yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that fell on its ass. My jokes are toxic. 
I'm giving you too many clues. Too many clues. Right, I'll give you. I'll give you. There's not a total shunt. No, that's true. Yeah, I've not got another nine of them. <laughs> so, yeah, sign up to Patreon. If we've got another $50 a month in donations, Chris will um, bust out the acoustic and the uh, and the recording gear, and um, you'll get an acoustic pop cover. What more could you ask for? Exactly. Well, except for an extra show every week, and uh, knowing that everything you donate goes towards the podcast and helps us out. Yes. And also, I just want to say thanks to our friends at Cloud Above as well for all the hard work they do in hosting all the the work that we well work that Paul does. I don't do anything; I just talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you look if you're looking for web hosting, um, the UK based web host CloudAbove.com. Um, really friendly people, really knowledgeable tech support staff, and they've helped us out no end over the last five years. Wow, it's a very patient group of people for? to put up with us for that long. Actually, we're coming up, <laughs> we're coming up to the sixth anniversary of uh, Three Legs Four Wheels. Oh, I think we may have just had it. I, think, I can't remember when it was. It was when for when, when was the very first Formula E race? It was the day of the first Formula E race. Let me just have a look. That's that handy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was a it was a th- throwaway Facebook comment. Um, yeah. I still remember. I still remember the one. Um, just watched Formula E race. There's a lot of XF1 drivers in there. Still a bit crap, though. That's uh, what's that? Three legs, four wheels. And that's what kicked us all off. Oh, we actually missed yeah, the anniversary. We've just had it, yeah. Yeah, it was the 13th of September. It was uh, yep. it was two weeks ago. Ah. We are six. We are now six. Bloody hell. Right, and it's also uh, 25 to 11, so we are, we are now calling it a night and going to bed. Sleepy times. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Cheers. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.